Welcome to Friday 15, Andy Horn. It Here is we the are. last Friday of 2023, Friday of February, February, December 15th. Welcome. We got some exciting stuff to talk about today, Andy Hoare. We're going to talk about the year in review. Uh, for those who don't, don't know who the heck I am, Brian Beck here with Andy Hoare, partners of Master B2B, Thought Leadership Series, B2B e-commerce executive community. So good stuff today, Andy. We're talking about the year 2023 we're about to put it to bed and we want to we want to highlight some fun stuff but anyway good to be here with you can you hear me yeah, yeah and this could be a good one now like i said we'll see each other again next year yes we can hear you <clears throat> okay good. so uh Excellent. yeah so let's jump right in we have a little uh breaking news yes oh yes we do before we get to our break before we get to our our year in review let's talk about some stories Love that music. Honeywell boost building safety business with a five billion almost dollar uh, deal to buy a unit of carrier. Wow, interesting. You know, this would be like all over the news headlines, New York Times, everything. If in fact this was B two C, but of course B two B, we just don't we just don't get any love, Andy. <laughs> yeah, well, B two B, this is a rounding era. But you're right. If this was a B two C story, it would be. Headline in the evening news, the top of all the uh, newspapers in the world. They'd be interviewing people, showing <clears throat> video outside the stores, et cetera. But here, $5 billion, uh, just a typical, you know, another day in the office for B2B. <laughs> right, seriously, right? So, uh, right. But, you know, it's, it's fascinating to see this consolidation occurring. And, you know, businesses still looking to, you know, kind of build their position in the market, et cetera. So, um, so that was one of the bigger stories this week, but we want to, we want to recap kind of the year and we have three things we want to talk about. So what was the biggest news story of the year? What was the most surprising fact, um, that we found this year? And what was the most interesting trend that emerged in 2023 from our perspective? So Andy, you know, what do you think the biggest news story was of the year? Well, I'm biased, but I think it was earlier this year when I, well, roll tape. Très amusant de parler en français avec Heijen, une technologie de traduction de l'anglais au français. You speak French, Andy? Peu importe ce que je fais. I don't, but via the wonders of AI, I now do. So yes, I recorded a, a, a video in English. I had it translated in French in real time, and it changed my mouth and everything else. And there you go. So... AI was clearly a big story, uh, but I think this is maybe indicative of what happened with B2B. Right now, it's still kind of a toy, and I use that term maybe too lightly. It's it's coming, but it isn't here yet, and yeah. you know, that was just a fun demonstration of what's possible. But So you don't think that was the top story. What do you think the top story Oh, I don't story think was? it was. I think it was all about Gen Z, Andy Hoare, and their take on OK in written communication. <laughs> so for those of you, this is, break, this is very important news, folks. Apparently, Gen Z has different ways of saying OK that have different implications. So Gen Z are, you know, two generations are removed from from me and Andy here. But, you know, if you say OK or KK or K or OK or OK, these things have different meanings. And this is the biggest news story of the year. Right, Andy? That's right. Well, it made me rethink all my communications with you and thinking, how many times did I get the double KK versus the 
capital uh, K, small K. And what were you really trying to say between the lines? So yes, I agree with you. This is a big story, of course. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't speak Gen ZE, so this is news to me too. Anyway, what's the real biggest uh, story of the year? Well, we think it's this one, right, Andy? Amazon surpassing FedEx and UPS in terms of delivery volume in the United States. This is incredible, right? Yeah, well, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and, and it is clearly the biggest story. I mean, it's going to do six billion packages this year. You know, Fred's, I think maybe the most interesting intersection of the story was that Fred Smith, the founder and chairman of, uh, uh, of FedEx, yep. said that when he was asked about this a couple of years ago, is this possible? He called it basically a fantasy and said right. there was no way on God's green earth that Amazon was ever going to overtake any of these guys. And now here we are. Yeah. And they not only overtook them, uh, number one, and they're going to be pulling away. And this has really big implications for B2B. Because, you know, you can use UPS and FedEx to deliver things if you're any any B2B company. But what if now Amazon is the number one delivery service and they're a competitor of yours? Oops. Yeah. Well, to me, it's what's really interesting about this is it's yet another example of Amazon building its infrastructure for itself like they did with aws amazon web services and then making it available to others so they that not only are they the biggest delivery service but they've also launched supply chain solutions which incorporate you know their their massive infrastructure in the united states for delivery warehousing and delivery and fulfillment and they're now making that available for folks to uh to sell you know and to and fulfill when they when they sell another channels to fulfill using amazon Huge implications, particularly for manufacturers who are not very good in most cases at shipping small parcel or getting product to the end buyer, B2B, B2C buyer. This this is an, an enormous development because it, it now enables them to do that. And, and frankly, with best in class, I mean, Amazon for these kinds of orders are better than most distributors are. So well, and, and right? to that point, yeah, imagine what this is going to look like. Some conversation in a manufacturer's headquarters saying, hey, should we drop ship this stuff and, and send it through Amazon? Right. Or what are our large distributors who are doing the same thing going to say about that? Right, right. Oops. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we think this is huge. Um, this is the biggest story of the year. Of course, there's other things that were important that happened. But, you know, again, very, very big news here. So, Andy, most surprising fact. What do you think the most surprising fact is? Does it have to do with, with, with AI? Does it have to do with Amazon? What do you think? Well, let's see. All right. Let's reveal. Yeah. So this one actually caught us a little bit off guard in, in an interesting way. I mean, fine research done by Forrester earlier this year that said 40% of younger buyers will rate person-to-person meetings with product experts as their most meaningful interactions. Very and when smart. they say person-to-person, they mean online. Right. So, you know, this yeah. has all sorts of implications. I mean, one of the questions you and I were talking offline about is how many B2B companies even have Zoom customer service or any kind of video? You know, they might have some chat, but it's probably over the phone, right? Or it's a, a, a text chat. So, you know, this research <clears throat> says that B2B companies should be thinking pretty seriously about how they're going to support younger buyers in this kind of environment. Again, this is a podcast, but you and I are also also looking at each other through Zoom. And right. this appears to be 
a growing trend, and this appears to be something that Gen Z in particular really wants. They grew up with this, but how many B2B companies do you know have this capability right now? Oh, yeah, it's that. And, you know, I, I, I joke, Andy, uh, this is this is this hope for humanity here. <laughs> we actually still value, you know, person-to-person communication, which is, which is fabulous. In fact, if we look at, you know, how each generation communicates, um, you know, it's, 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 it's really interesting to see those of you listening on the podcast, we have a chart here that shows how each, how each generation communicates, uh, you know, using phone in person, which was baby boomers, generation X email and text, you know, the millennial social media and text. So we got these middle two sort of generations, which are very virtually focused, right. Focused on, you know, email and text and things like that. But then Gen Z, Online, face to face, it's almost like we've come full circle, right, Andy? Back to you know the the, the connection with other human beings. Yay! Yeah. It I does make me wonder. Yeah, what happened with Gen X and, and millennials? Did they just say had enough of people and I'd rather not talk to people? And then Gen Z yeah. came back and said, I kind of miss people. Well, I think this is good for B two B companies that embrace it because ultimately, if you think about what B two B companies have historically been good at, it's about developing relationships with customers and understanding their needs. And if you have an opportunity to do that when face to face with Gen Z and Gen Z again, they're these are folks born between nineteen ninety seven and two thousand fifteen, so these folks are just coming into the workforce. If you have that opportunity, guess what? That gets back to some of your strengths as a business, as a historic business. Now, of course, what's interesting is. It's it's digitally enabled, right? Communication. It says online, face to face. It's not saying necessarily in person. So there's a subtle difference there, and I would agree, Andy. A lot of B two B companies aren't fully set up for this, but the pandemic certainly helped a lot of them. Forced, should I say, a lot of them to to get into this mode of communication. So interesting and and very surprising uh, yeah, because big, we just assume everybody wants ecom only. Yeah, no big opportunity here. We said this. You and I have said this for years that. B2B companies, distributors in particular, have an opportunity to leverage their domain expertise. This is the channel through which they can do it. It's a weakness of Amazon. You know, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, as long as it's something fairly generic or it's well-documented or, you know, it's understood. But if you have any questions about what it is, good luck with that. You know, I mean, at least now Amazon hasn't solved that problem yet. B2B distributors have. And so they yep. should be all over this opportunity to leverage that using these very personalized channels. Exactly. And we asked our community, um, you know, are younger buyers completely changing the purchase game in B2B e-commerce? Yes. Fundamentally different now. 73% of our audience, when we did this LinkedIn poll here um, showing on the screen, and those of you listening, 73% fundamentally different. Only 10, Only 27% said no. The fundamentals are the same. So as we think about that, you know, Gen Z, which is the new buyer, right, emerging, the, we have to we have to be accommodating how they want to communicate. But again, I think it's I think it's to the advantage of B2B companies. So, Andy, what about this? What do you think the most disruptive trend was in 2023? Is it all about AI? Right. Everyone's well, talking about AI. That's what everybody expects us to say, but we still think AI is a little bit off here in terms of the time frame. It's coming, and it's going to be coming very quickly, I think, but it isn't here today in B2B. What is here today in B2B, however, is vertical marketplaces. Look at this poll that we did from an earlier Friday 15. This was the biggest gap that we've seen in the yes versus no answers the whole year. 
Will B2B product categories be disrupted by vertical marketplaces? Yes, 81%. Yep. Yep. 19 said no, the categories are immune. This means vertical marketplaces are here and they're mm-hmm. making a they're being disruptive as we speak. Yeah, so I mean like in, you know AI, you know think about that as disruptive absolutely if you're thinking about it from a boardroom perspective. Like it's disrupting me from focusing on other things. And AI certainly has its place. But but yeah, I mean, for as far as things that are here today, uh, it, it really is about these verticals. Um, you know, Amazon being a big, big, you know, the giant representation of that. But obviously, a lot of other marketplaces, you know, I produced this, this framework here, Andy, uh, last year, talking about different f- flavors of marketplaces. And so when we're talking about this, it's not just Amazon. It's also you know, more controlled or vetted marketplaces that, you know, if you think about Zorro, Partstown, Hewlett Packard Enterprise, um, Honeywell, and then you've got these these pure plays like Chamfer and Inframarket, Infra.market and Volution. These are companies that are bringing specific solutions to an industry vertical, um, like, you know, chemicals or metals or medical devices or industrial products. And they're changing, they're changing the game right now. It's happening. Um, and because well, their you know, distributors have left the door open for a lot of these folks. Go ahead. And to reference the first slide we showed on this, our breaking news was Honeywell bought right. Honeywell right. has a thriving marketplace. That's I don't right. think that's a coincidence. Right. No, ex- exactly right. So, you know, and, and look at some of the numbers here we're sharing, we're sharing here regarding GMV, gross merchandise value, revenue <clears throat> running through these marketplaces. Equipment share one point three billion dollars. You know, there's 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 a whole variety of flavors here, but point is that these marketplaces are taking share uh, and 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 entering into uh, into traditional industries in a meaningful way, and also looking at the um, this, these companies getting funded. I mean, two hundred million dollars going to Shift Med, uh, thirty eight million dollars uh, Swing Education Parts Tech, thirty five million. These are serious funding rounds. So this is this is here, folks. This is here today. And if you're a traditional B2B company, a distributor, in particular, you need to be paying attention to this trend, thinking about your own marketplaces. I think a lot of these marketplaces are going to be bought, Andy, by uh, by distributors as we as we go forward. So something's going to so, happen. Yeah, it's either they're going to buy and kill them, buy and extend themselves. But I think right. the Granger Zorro is instructive here because Granger owns Zorro. They have a different it's actually they don't really own them it's sort of weird but they're affiliated with them very closely but zorro really targets a different audience they have a different model i think to your point this is what a lot of the b2b companies are going to have to do is they're going to have to extend themselves with some of these enhanced marketplaces that are category specific i mean zorro zorro is doing something close to two billion i think um it's a huge, um, huge business. So, yeah, there, there's real. There, this is happening. We think this is the most, you know, sort of disruptive thing. So, so Andy, we're we're at our 15 minutes. Just a couple quick announcements here. Um, you know, f- our forum, folks. We, we encourage you to get involved with that. We've got about 350 people in there, all practitioners, no vendors or solution providers. It's a confidential place. You can come and share share things, ask questions, and network with your peers. They're all, you know, um, executives of B2B manufacturers and distributors uh, and brands. So go to our website, masterb2b.com uh, forum and click in to submit your application to join the forum there. There's no cost 
Um, we also um, <clears throat> we also will be continuing our uh, Friday 15 sessions. We'll kick them back off in January. Look out for the announcement there on LinkedIn. Um, and we encourage you to take a look at our podcast version of our Friday 15. You can listen at your leisure while you're doing laundry, driving your car, whatever. Um, Brian, you don't do either one of those things. so uh... I don't. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you want me to. <laughs> I drive my car. I drive my car. Oh, that your chauffeur drove your car. Yeah, right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. Well, listen, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for another awesome episode here. And we will look forward to seeing you in January. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All the rest to everyone. Uh, We'll see you in 2024 on our next um, Friday 15. See you then. 